0: Listening to the 11th hour, a show about Ranted. I'm Sam Melancon of Tobacco Records. And I'm Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. Each week we alternate p- picking a song and uh, discussing all our feelings about that song. A lot of times we talk about complicated feelings. I think this week they won't be all that complicated. <laughs> but uh, uh, this week the pick was mine. I picked Axiom off of uh, Ranted 2000. So uh this is our second time talking about Rancid 2000, also known as Rancid 5. And actually, in my, like, memory, the thing they were trying to make happen at the time was Rancid Rancid, because that was, like, the URL they got for Rancid. Was, like, oh, really? Like, RancidRancid.com. And that, that wow. album was, you know, Rancid by Rancid. So a lot of people at the time called it Rancid Rancid. Oh. Um, But now I think it's just Rancid 2000 to everybody. Interesting. Uh, and every once in a while you see Rancid 5. Yeah. But, um. Uh it's hard you know I don't know how much we want to make this episode be like the our, like summation of this record but it, you got to kind of talk about this record a little bit before we talk about the song which right. is it's a very strange record it's a it's a record that stands alone right in the middle of their discography um that nothing else sounds like it I like nothing else I've ever come across truly sounds like this weird little record um and diving back into it it's like god damn it this record is so good like yeah it is it is just so phenomenal and it's funny because i remember viscerally that this was released on um august 1st of 2000 um the you know it was produced very famously it was produced by brett gerwitz as like a um return to form a little bit because he hadn't done the last two as a main producer right uh But I remember the lead up to this and I remember the release so viscerally. And it's funny that right now this week in Seattle, we're having like, you know, the reason people move to Seattle is because they come here in certain times and they go, well, this place is heaven. And it's when it's at max 82, the mornings are like 67 and it's bright and lush and amazing. And it has this kind of crisp morning, but you know, it's going to get hot. And we have the weird thing because we're so north. We're like, It gets hot at four you know what i mean like it doesn't get hot at noon it gets hot at four because our nights are so long and um i have such a visceral memory of going to work and going to school i was in high school and driving around this summer and kind of being overwhelmed by this record that at first i thought i was like not gonna like at all and then being like, this might be one of the best things I've ever heard in my life. And kind of constantly talking to friends who are into rants and being like, this is really good, right? You know, and like yeah. my girlfriend at the time, we just I just remember us being kind of blown away by it. And it's funny that I'm kind of doing this this sort of I'm having a very similar weather and time of year period. And re listening to this week, I just was like, I can I can see like my hand out the window of my car listening to Like, I really man, can yeah. like, it's like, it was like, it all came rushing back. And I was just like, man, do I associate uh, a really good Seattle summer moment, Um, you know, for the, you know, most of the time we're somehow avoiding it. But most of the time, last five years, it's been smoke and too hot. But um, right now it's clear and beautiful. And, and, and it's just, it's all rushing back. right? <laughs> and it's really making me remember how like, I don't know how to completely sum it up, but like, I was like, well, the, I feel different now. You know what I mean? Like, I this this feels like a stepping forward. This feels like a, I don't know. it Just it was such like a, a switch had been flipped about how I thought about Rancid, and um,
1: that's interesting. And, yeah, I mean my yeah like my love for this record came way later because in two thousand rancid like i'm sure i heard it i just didn't i don't know i wasn't super interested in rancid or anything at that like that was that was around the point i think in 2000 i started getting really into like the constellation record stuff like i was really into mm-hmm, godspeed mm-hmm. um and do make say Think. those were like that's like all i listened to mm-hmm. and so like this you know it didn't but then years later when i kind of i hate to say it, like it became a nostalgia thing cuz i i mean there's some of it but i i think it was less in a like i think a lot of the rancid stuff for me is less a nostalgia thing and more of um just kind of embracing like i like what i like and not shying away from that whereas you know we, i mean we kind of talked about this last time where it, you, especially like where we have ended up and getting like, like into experimental music and all that stuff. Like for at some point, and maybe there still is, and I'm just less aware, but it, like, it would talk about being like really, into something like rancid was like really not cool. Like people be like, yeah, you know, absolutely. And, um, and, and, and we kind of talked about, that's how we met. And apparently that's how Josh Mason and I met was cause I would talk about fucking rancid on Twitter and Kanye West and still, you know, my still hot take is that 808s and Heartbreak is like far and away the best Kanye rest record he will ever make. And it's one of the greatest records of the last 20 years. But anyway, this isn't a Kanye West podcast. Um, but so yeah, when like, you know, it was like mid to late, probably two thousands. Um, and I started listening to Rancid again and, you know, kind of getting back into it. That's when this record it was just like, I was like, whoa, how did I miss, like, how did I miss this when it came out? Like, I, you know, I, and again, I'd heard it. And the only thing I remembered from it is like a joke that my friend John and I made about, like, uh, this is something I should bring up when we talk about something, But on, it's quite all right. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember him and I, I think we were, it was like through Instant message or something. Like we were talking on there because he, he lived in, funny enough, he lived in Seattle at the time. He'd moved there. Mm-hmm and and i don't know if it was 99 or 2000 that i came to seattle in the late summer it was whenever whenever <laughs> radiohead played at the gorge so when did mm, when i was there yeah well i flew up there to hang out with john and go to that show um that was that's i think that was two thousand. well i don't know when did kid a come out i don't know anyway
0: 2000 yeah no it was it was that summer same summer we're talking about that
1: okay summer. so that's that's wild i was in seattle that summer yeah. um but I remember we were listening to it, or maybe it was when I was there. I don't know. But it's the the li- lines being, it's like all we are is pretend, and we both looked at each other, and John was like, "Did he just say all we are is potatoes?" And <laughs> and we listened to him, and like for the longest time, you know. And in two thousand, you couldn't just easily like get on the internet mm-hmm. and find lyrics, and it was just like, what. The- so, like, that lyric, to me, I still think it's all we are is potatoes. I know it's not, but...
0: <laughs> it's actually a very good line. Oh, it is. It's
1: a great line. But, like, you're after we do this, like, go back and listen to it and just... It, it kind of sounds like he says, all we are is potatoes. And anyway. <laughs> so, that was, like, my first memory. To, like, that's all I remembered about Rancid 2000 you,
0: was all we are is potatoes. <laughs> do you know it's <laughs> I don't know how to react to that but uh do you know what it's actually really good to hear because this was like the height like probably the the like down slope of my I love Hellcat I love everything that Tim does I'm a fanboy I'm on the website very often you know like I want to see what the next record is you know I'm I'm checking weekly the epitaph release schedule you know like I was like I said I very idealized it and kind of knew it wasn't great but still kind of had this like man, when they're great, they're really great, you know? And, um, you know, Sing, Sing not Sing Sing Death House, the first Distiller Records was around this time and all this stuff, like, it really felt like they were firing on all cylinders. Yeah. And and because of that perfect summer of listening to it, this sort of year long quest to see them play. And I actually ended up going to Colorado to try to see them play. And then uh, someday I'll tell the story of that, of like, we they started the first song and then in Lightning and that uh, Warped Tour was canceled. Um, yeah. And I almost died on the way home. Uh, Like, I remember this chunk. 2000 to 2001 was a very weird point in my life. And I remember just this was the constant soundtrack. And so to hear you come back to it, kind of with these, like, older eyes that has, you know, went further into the scene that that we're in and all these things. And you're getting deep on post-rock and weird ambient and all this noise music is happening. And you're still like, wow, this record rips, you know, is... um, kind of validating because it's so tied to the nostalgia of it you know yeah um, well
1: and that and, and you know when we started this like from and I've talked about this like for me it was let's go out come the wolves and this were like the only three rancid records I really cared about or thought about mm-hmm. and like obviously in these last however many months I like, I'm life won't wait is I'm fucking obsessed with it um, but yeah I mean this record to like it, it, it's very validating to this idea that rancid's not you know because we you know we this existential question of why rancid why are we talking you know, the fact that they made this record it's they're not just one of those other just one of those bands they're not just one of those epitaph yeah. bands or those like east bay band like there's they have something else that nobody else does.
0: They have something else that nobody else does. That they were discovering five records in yes. for their career. Exactly. Like that's what's wild. They they flipped the script and said, "Let's do something completely different." In life away, which is my other probably secret favorite. You know, mm-hmm. um, record. It's not very secret. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you've only been talking about it know, for like fifteen weird. episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's weird to say. I right? know. Like, and outcome the walls. I love It's Just not as in my dna you know um but it is yeah, it's yeah. Hard. uh but like um they do life won't wait which is the exact opposite of this record and then they go fuck it yeah we're going to make the you know and i think there's some i don't know if it's hagiography or whatever but like some idea that they basically did this record where they would do seven times through the record and they just picked the best takes and it was all live yeah And it sounds like it. Absolutely. They've never, like, Matt's never sounded better than this record. This record is basically a Matt record.
1: Um, Uh, I would uh, argue Tim's vocals, this is, like, his best vocal performance.
0: It is the best vocal performance. It's the weirdest combination of, like, it felt like they were writing the songs 10 seconds before playing them. Like, where the most high-minded Tim and just rancid lyrics ever and the most immediate, almost primal scream Mm -hmm. level, like mass like, like rattlesnake and poison and all these things, but I, for some reason it comes across as art. Yeah, you know, like it comes across as like, you know, I was thinking about people talking about like, oh, whatever on the Oko, you know, like, Yoko Ono stuff, like, uh, you know, with the uh, John was doing primal scream therapy or whatever, you know, like, it almost feels like that right. where they were like they were doing like some sort of a, um what is the writing where you just like write whatever comes to mind, you know? Right. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, You know, it feels like something was going on where they were just like, fuck it good enough. It gets the idea across. And he would like combine these things that were super high minded and super just stupid and like spitting at somebody. And I, and, but I th-
1: and I think that's what, but I think like, that's, there's like a genius in that.
0: And oh, I, I think it's like accidentally some of the highest art. Right. Too. Uh,
1: yeah. No, I mean, it, it's, you know, visceral is one of my favorite words but like you look like if you look visceral up in the like punk rock dictionary like this record is i mean because it it, it's just the whole thing and and a lot of the lyrical content a lot of the performance i mean it has this feeling it's just like it it's grating but in a really great way (laughs)
0: Like how catchy it is yeah it is their catch it's their most consistently catchy i
1: mean so even this song so i mean there's barely any i mean axiom yeah. so i mean to me like the entire purpose of this song's existence is for matt to just go off
0: he's like i haven't had a super guitar uh bass solo in <laughs> it since maxwell so let me like and, go nuts. and
1: even yeah and even like i mean there's an actual bass solo but even just the not bass solo part it's just a bass
0: solo i mean it's all driven it's, it the whole record the whole song is just like this driving and it's
1: line. amazing and it's like you know and it.
0: well it's such a cool so the reason i picked this is like thinking about weird structures songs you know that like, yeah this is the weirdest song. this is kind of almost two songs tra- right. strapped together they're like two half ideas strapped together and it in the context of the record which again sequencing is ridiculous on this record, mm-hmm. the second half of this record is one of the best runs of songs you'll ever hear in your life but so is right. the front half so i don't know right. what to do like but like it is literally wild how good the back half of this record is and this one kind of slips in the middle of everything i i really associate with the song before it and the song after it but um what's so cool is there's like the, this record does this a lot where it's like at its core it's kind of this like it to me it sounds like um a soundtrack like it sounds like it's a soundtrack to a to a like a car chase yeah right like it's got this like and it, you it really could have just been an instrumental like it's so dynamic and almost um, call and response between the guitar and the bass, right. you know? And and it's got this kind of, you know, like a lot of songs on this record, like it kind of boils down to this rockabilly, like country song, hoedown thing that, that this whole record structure seems to be kind of playing with. Like if you did a D beat version of that, uh, it's like D beat rockabilly, you know, which is like, I don't know what to do with that, but um, yeah. But it, yeah, he has this incredible guitar uh, bass solo. I don't know what's going on. Uh, Bait and he's just shredding but shredding for the whole song too like oh, it's, a solo, but God It's and, it, he's going nuts but then also Lars comes Right out with one of the most passionate fun over the top you know like it's a Lars Lars acted tough song for sure Right I mean it literally has got a gun and a knife looking back at you but it's which is but what a hook
1: so- but the, 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 the melody the
0: got a gun and a like he does that weird like thing where he goes up and it's like so catchy his vocals are so good yeah and and it's like that's this incredible little song tacked onto the back half it's like oh no it's not over and they're i think they're like of equal length are they not like they're it's, it's like close the, the yeah. instrumental part is like almost half the song and then like i don't know man like there's something so cool also how often do you associate lars and matt writing a track together i i believe this is just all of them wrote it but like but it's
1: like a lars and matt track really i mean that's so yeah.
0: it's like there's not many of those out there right? no
1: i can't think of i mean i don't know if i can think of any other ones well and, you know just kind of talking about lars in this record it's so obviously tim is way more front and center on this record than he like where i feel like how come the wolves and life won't wait it's a lot more evenly split I mean, i it yeah, always kind easy. of leans a little more Tim, but it's really closer to 50-50 on this. But this is like 70-30 or more. Mm. Um, but Lars, but does right, but every all of <laughs> Lars' vocal perform. So, like, life won't wait is kind of like the Lars record in a weird way because I feel like that's where, yeah. But this at least like from a vocal perspective standpoint is is like the best Lars. Like every song where he is doing the lead vocals it's just so good like it's so intense and it like it it's painful to hear like that because he's got that like kind of grit in his voice he's really but screeching but it, it's so like, melodic and like he hits every note we're on the cusp of an explosion that's all that's the way that i play it the street touch.
0: It's, it's the best vocal takes this record in general is the best vocal takes for the band it has the best i think the best, best matt vocals um Ooh, no i don't i know that you do, probably don't probably I, I, but i, I, I find
1: uh, like those two songs like the only, i skip them every time <laughs>
0: oh man <laughs> can't do it on this yeah one, though, uh, black Every jacket is one of my favorite transit songs <sighs> ever. uh but like the thing that's also really interesting is i think this song and then um like so you always when I think back to this record I know we're being very like holistic about this record but Axiom's a, hun- a minute 40 like there's right. not a lot there other than it fucking rips and it and it is just one of the best you know two minutes Be- of your before life Before you, you
1: know. get into the rest of the, I just wanted to put this out there like is there yeah. anyone who other than maybe like Les Claypool who does more bass solos than Matt Freeman in-
0: and <laughs> in like popular culture yeah Yeah, like it's like it's like rush and primus and it's all these proggy people.
1: yeah but like like, and nobody who plays like music like this does i mean i mean you
0: know like i mean mike dirt is a really good bass player yeah he doesn't do so and and then all the songs are written around based on on no effects Mm. you know fat mike's kind of like a bassist singer i'm not saying you have to like right no but but yeah it is very like bass heavy and bass I mean, driven in, in a very similar way. I mean there's
1: like Godhead Silo, which is just bass and drums. Yeah, <laughs> which
0: just bass and drums. <laughs> but
1: but awesome. none of those uh, guys can, like it just Yeah, anyway.
0: Well it, it goes back this record goes back to that idea of Brancid is a lead bassist in two rhythms.
1: Yeah. And the, this is that for sure. The other thing I would say about and I'm totally like stealing your thunder here, so, so no, no, um it. I think this is an uh, we we haven't talked about this. We were I was gonna talk about it last time, but we've talked about shit other shit too much. <laughs> Brett Reed is so fucking underrated. He is such a good drummer. Like, he, he he's playing a hundred miles an hour on this record, and it to me like that's what holds everything together. Like it, um,
0: it. I think they're a really good rhythm. Oh for yeah, sure. and
1: like, but he is so like just it's he has this weird thing where he's like he's super like on point and can and just nails it but there's also this sort of kind of like freedom in his playing like it doesn't feel like he doesn't i don't know like i i feel like
0: feels like he's very self-taught yeah like it feels like and like but he's got a sense of time and a sense of like he's very like punching the drums but like when he needs to switch it up, he'll switch it up. Yeah, I feel. Probably, I you know, I,
1: I think him leaving the band was uh, is a much bigger deal than people. Even I think that I really, you know, it's I don't know a lot of, it, there's a lot of people you think it's like, well, it's a drummer, like what well, you know, but um, there are certain drummers in certain bands that it just you know, I mean, this is the the first example that comes to mind is like when. Jimmy Chamberlain was out of Smashing Pumpkins for a while. Like it just doesn't work. Like Jimmy Chamberlain is like, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so I I just wanted to give a shout out to Brett. Reed. No,
0: for sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I think this record is a great, especially the like liveness of this. Whether or not it was true mm-hmm. live or semi live, like there's something about his playing that adds a texture that a more on point player, a more traditionally like guitar center. <laughs> player that is Brandon uh, does not yeah does not bring what you know and and when we say it's really good it might be he's bad but he's good you know like in general it has that same thing of a lot of the music we listen to where the ecstatic tone of the player comes through regardless of technique right you know re, or yeah. not be, not even like despite of or regardless but because of their technique is whatever that's unique to them they might not be as technically good, but you know, I actually think he is pretty oh. interesting in his range. You know, like, right? Well, I mean,
1: that was you know, I don't know if I mentioned this on or off air, quote unquote. But my my buddy John was telling me when he saw them, it was shortly after I think Brandon joined the band, and how Brandon just like his the way he played the ska songs, like it just was it he couldn't do it the
0: way that Brett did it. Too on beat. Yeah, exactly. I think Brett has a lot more playing into weird pockets mm-hmm. and stuff, you know, and, um, and then can do these, like, you know, I wonder how much this was Brett being like, life thought it was fun, but I just want to like shred for a little while, yeah, you know, right. because, because you have to have him on board for this record to work, right? Like he, these songs are so fast, yeah, you know, and I guarantee that they didn't write them this fast, you know, when they were writing them, they were just trying to get them to this level of speed, you know what I mean? And you have to have your drummer ready for that, you know? So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it's it. I think there's a real difference between him and not him for sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, I just the biggest thing is this this album is so hard to separate into component parts. I think that's one of the t- the problems I've had mm-hmm. picking a song because picking Young Al Capone makes me want to talk about uh like. I don't know, Reconciliation or Black Hawk Down and how they're kind of related or like, you know, like, like I, I want to talk about Rwanda, but that makes me also want to talk about uh, yeah, Radio Havana. Right. You, know, you know, like how those feel similar and like it, it, it's such an interesting crystal, like, parts of a whole thing. And, well, Axiom is kind of this footnote in the in this, you know, the only place it comes up when you do Google searches around it is it's obviously like kind of a watermark for amateur bassists to play, you know, to show that they can play, right? Like that's the only thing you find out there. Right. I like, guess people trying to nail the solo. It, like it's kind of become like Mac the other Maxwell murder in that and and that's it. That's like like people do not really you know, there's not a lot to care about this song, but like I think if you envision like some dirt track car chase, yeah, just like B movie. You know uh, thing and then you have this like post-apocalyptic like street fight yeah like that, that urban alienation it's our favorite
1: they're one of their favorite yeah, things exactly. yeah
0: exactly and and like i don't know like i i think in the past we've talked a lot about in a weird way this record is their most experimental yeah. even though it's also in a lot of ways very conservative right <laughs> i think this is a great example of that like the fact that they just greenlit the song that's like right all right matt half you're
1: gonna song. do a minute bass solo and then lars <laughs> is gonna come in with this incredible hook that's about guns he's, and yeah, knives he's got
0: and, this he's got this like half an idea for song you got this bass riff. let's just put them together like, kind of do this you know yeah this like soundtrack sort of thing and let's go you know and it's just uh it's such a cool little yeah you know it's fine. we've been finding different pockets of where they push you know what i mean and i think this is. i think one so of the, yeah like trying to find a new angle on what they do you know um as we've discovered and talked about like there's an edge to what all you know four and five now of them can do together right it seems like there's an edge but like they were finding a lot in the moment of this record it found like they were finding completely new voices completely new oh things like you know out of out of out of nowhere you know that many years into their career you know
1: yeah i mean and that's uh, like i always love this too And this i mean i just i Big fan of when fans do this in general, where it's like, all right, we've, you know, we've done this one thing, like we did Life Won't Wait, like Outcome the Wolves Life Won't Wait, they were like really successful, and like, people, you know, da 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 and now we're gonna just say fuck all that and (laughs) like totally do something different that no one's gonna expect. And and they pull it off, I mean, pulling it off is another, you know, I mean, if you do it and it's, you know, terrible, like if it was. Yeah, exactly. let the dominoes fall or something it's like oh well, fuck <laughs> okay go back
0: and it's so interesting because you think that it, you know in, in some level you're like oh they're gonna do like Let's Go or mm-hmm. or the first self title this sounds nothing like those records you know what I mean like no, it's, they're playing at speed in this really gnarly way which you would think they've done that before they played at really high speeds really ripping sort of garage sort of tones but instead, they they somehow found this other whole speed, this other whole lane to sit in on the sort of very fast and and you know we we get, you know everything's a hoedown on this record, right. but it's sort of like like that weird like crust punk hoedown, yeah, lane, I, it's, you know whatever was like a completely new lane that came out of nowhere, you know, and it's just um,
1: and but then the fact you know, that the, and then you add it because I mean we've talked about this a lot how like tim especially but even like they they're i mean th- they're really good like almost like pop songwriters i, I mean like they have yeah okay. and that's still here like that
0: yeah it's like somehow the catchiest thing ever. yeah
1: even even the like you know like even like a song like rattlesnake which is just like bah! but yeah it yeah. gets stuck in my head right. all the time like
0: meteor of war rattlesnake <laughs> Uh, like like uh dead bodies. Oh are some god, of, like, yeah, catchy a song. That course and they're dead like they're basically is... just yeah, it's ridiculous. But it's basically them like, you know, as like a crust band screaming about the end of the world, <laughs> right? You know, for two minutes, and you would not expect it to be so catchy, yeah. But it is, it's super catchy. It is, yeah. Like
1: and that's and I and it's it's another one of those things that just kind of sets it apart from anything else vaguely in this.
0: Hundred percent. Yeah, it's so much more of a pleasurable listen for being such a blackened, darkened, you right. know, kind of gut level, you know, punch of a record. You know, like it. It still is like well, this. Also, might be their most fun record. Yeah. <laughs> By, like, <leaps> and bounds, <laughs> right. Even though it's all just about hate and and you know, kind of these 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 sort yeah. of almost sci-fi level like scenes of destruction right. and and media manipulation and you know it feels very like um like an anti-fascist record and you know like yeah, it feels like it fits right within discharge and all those i things. mean that's kind I mean, of the other
1: thing too is like and we talked about this a little bit with let me go but i mean this whole record feels you know it's 22 years old but it feels
0: very current <laughs> yeah yeah depressingly current yeah for sure so, so that's all. yeah i mean there's not a lot of meaning in this song but there's a lot of Interesting choices being made, yeah, and it's also like one of those ones where you remember it and you go, "It'd be really good if everybody listened to this," because yeah, I don't think it gets its due for how wonky and weird it is, and how much of a fucking like ripper it is. Yeah. You know, just how like yeah, fun this song is. So
1: awesome, uh, yeah. No, I, I, yeah. Any any opportunity to talk about Rancid two thousand, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> Um, okay, so you all seem to like our guest episode so much that we uh, we're gonna do another one next time. Uh, but it's not gonna be we're gonna have a new guest, and is uh, Jeff Tobias, who is in the band Sun Watchers, and he also had a fantastic solo album out earlier this year. And as everybody seemingly, I know I we got to know each other on Twitter because I started talking about Rancid. That's like my calling card. I don't know why I bother doing anything else <laughs> um but so jeff his pick we're gonna go we're gonna go back to our favorite space of life won't wait
0: <laughs>
1: and we're gonna talk about life won't wait whoa and all the weird yeah, that's a big one. Oh, conspiracy yeah, we theory shit
0: yeah that's a that's a risky one but uh can i tell you something insane yeah uh, I've seen Jeff a lot on Twitter. Um, I checked out his solo thing. I was like, oh, this is cool. And he always seems nice and kind of engaged with you and, and now with me. Uh, so it seemed like he liked Rancid. And uh, Sun Watchers is one of my favorite bands in the planet. Oh, wow. Like, deeply. And I had no clue. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jeff. Like somehow I missed that connection and just was like, this guy's cool. I was heartbroken when they either canceled or they were here like down the street from me in a weird place that no one's never played oh, anybody ever plays that and I missed it or and I think I was gonna miss it and it was canceled or something <laughs> because of COVID or something right um that's like that top 10 last 10 years band for oh wow that's and it awesome makes so much sense that he like, <laughs> for me. like that's that's the energy yeah Even when we talk about pulling rants I want to I have so many questions now because the whole idea of how do you pull Ranted into modern, more interesting music is the is, answer is sun watchers. I think sun watchers <laughs> does a very good job of that. So like, that's awesome. Oh my God. that You just made my day. That's great. I, I feel so silly for not. That's really that.
1: great. Well, so yeah, everybody join us next week when Sam's going to be starstruck and
0: I'll, be just, I'll just be a gape. I'll just, yeah. Yeah. that's fantastic.
1: Awesome. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, everybody thanks for listening. Find us on twitter and instagram at rancid pod and hey give us give us some five star ratings somewhere i don't know i don't know how that works <laughs> i
0: think by the way we should do like an episode in a few weeks of any feedback so like let's start asking for like yeah. some real feedback yeah dm us on on either one of those services or um uh we really should probably have
1: we probably time. should we'll
0: but at the very least on either instagram or twitter feel free to dm us some feedback good bad or otherwise and we i'd love to address it and like have a have a little mailbag session yeah so until once we get let's basically say once we get we get like an episode worth of mailbag questions just keep hitting uh, us
1: up and we'll
0: well, yeah so just just hit us up until we get enough and we'll we'll do an episode yeah
1: and maybe by next time next week we'll have an email address set up so we can give you that too you know, yeah. maybe we'll get... We're only, six, we're only 16 episodes in. We don't have an email address. All right. <laughs> <laughs> we're professionals. Um, all right. I will uh, talk to you later, Sam. See ya. Bye.
0: Say
1: it. I know. I, I know. I know. So, I know.
0: And then you're going to be like, why didn't I, I say know. see you in the pit I know. So I know.
1: <laughs> God, I saw something the other day. That, what was it? some Oh, you know, Unwound is doing a tour. Oh,
0: I know. And they're, Did they, say they said that?
1: see you in the pit on mm-hmm. their Twitter. God oh, damn, that's awesome.
0: I know. God. I'm so stoked about the Unwound.